Amen. Well, after that introduction, I think I needed prayer. Um, if I didn't need it before, my Lord. Uh, well, I, I want to thank you, first of all, for having me here. Um, I, I love teaching the Word of God. I love being a son of the Father. You know, um, I get the opportunity to do this, all this stuff with the film and everything else. But the love, the passion is being a son of God and being able to proclaim and declare his word, especially to his people. God is in love with you. God is impassioned about you. Now, uh, do me a favor. Put the words to, is it, um, oh, the, what, uh, oh, king of kings? Put those words back up there for me because, again, one of the things that I, I love about God is that, you know, he supplies his own message. And so you never have to worry, you never have to fret. He does his own thing. All you have to do is be able to listen and to hear and to follow. Father, we worship you and we give you praise. And we, give, and we thank you, Lord God, for your loving kindness and tender mercies. Thank you, Lord God, for being here even before we got here. Thank you, Lord God, for you being the one who gathered us here that we might see you, understand you, know you, hear from you, Lord God, become like you. We are so grateful, Lord God, for your spirit. And we uh, receive with great gladness what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to welcome you to Acts 29. You have to understand as God's people that the book of Acts never ended. We have to understand as children of God that the book of Acts, the, the intent of the Father, once he sent Jesus Christ, was never to end the book of Acts. Once that thing happened, once the Holy Spirit was given, once we received him in dwelling within us, the book of Acts was not only never supposed to end, but it was supposed to continue to thrive. The glory of the latter is greater than that of the former. And we have come to a point in time where we're going to have to so ingest the reality and the truth of the Word of God as to allow Him to replicate, duplicate Jesus Christ in our skin. Because what is coming down the line has to be met by Jesus Christ. The church cannot take what is coming unless there is a duplication a replication of the Lord Jesus Christ inside of us. We have to understand that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is a two-sided coin. And what, has, what happens within that perspective of being a two-sided coin, you have to have both sides for, us to be, for it to be actually invested and bring back, you know, we understand these terms, it brings back an ROI, right? When we're dealing with rate of return, when, we, when we're investing in films, we want to know, how am I going to make my money back? Right? And understand that God the Father is the perfect investor. He is the astute investor. And so he gave his son, Jesus Christ, in order to have many sons on the earth like the son that he sent. To have a rate of return. To have an exchange that the world has never seen before. And what happens is with us as children, as, as God's people, we have a tendency or we have had a tendency to hear the word of God and to receive it in such a way as to understand the head side. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Let's go ahead and take a, some, let's, let's look at some of these words for a second because I love the fact that God gives, to me, I, I deal with the fact that he gives um, illustrations of what he's already saying. There's a through line. If you will take a look at any Sunday service, any service at all, there's always a through line as to what God is saying from the songs that are chosen to the word that is spoken. Because the orchestrator is the Holy Spirit himself. And if we all uh, give ourselves to be aligned and to follow what he's doing in whatever capacity in which we are to serve, he's leading us in the way that he wants us to go, the way that he wants to take us. So each and every component part ends up doing exactly what is needed 
or, 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 or supplying what is needed for the next part to come. And he's good like that. He loves us like that. He's our leader into all truth like that. And so we look at this as pray the Father, pray the Son. Go ahead and move on. Praise the Spirit, three in one, move on. God of glory, majesty. God of glory, majesty. So in those words, we are declaring the attributes we are declaring the nature of our God. He is not what man has said. He is the God of glory and majesty. The Bible says that in the uh, uh, wedding of Cana, their God through Christ manifested his glory. So, in understanding what the word is trying to talk to us and tell us about, and I said yesterday as I spoke that one of the things that we have to be able to do when we come to the word of God, we have to be able to hear what the original speaker spoke and what the original hearer heard. And what has happened in modern day, and which is why we are, don't understand that we're still in the book of Acts, what has happened in modern day, especially in America, is that we have gone so far away from the original and we've made it something else that is Americanized. And so we hear in our vernacular, we hear in our own definition of words. What happens is that we have to understand that the true definition comes at the very beginning, not to the point to which we have made it now. We use it in a certain way, but that's not really what it means. And so when we're talking about manifested his glory, the Bible talks about in that, in that mode, in that manner in which God, Jesus changed everything, shifted time, suspended time, brought into place provision, it was God's opinion on the matter. This is how God saw this. This is what God thinks about this. This is what God can do with this. This is what God wants out of this situation manifested his glory. So he is the God of his own. God thinks he's God. God doesn't care about our opinion. He doesn't care about the chaos. He doesn't care about what we think. When he, when he shows up, things change because he's God. He is the God of his own thought and opinion, which means that there is no man, nothing ever created that can stop his opinion when he wants to be opinionated. Of majesty, move on. Praise the Father, praise the King of Kings, move on. I will get to that. To reveal the kingdom coming to reconcile the lost. To reveal the kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost. See, we, 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 we have a tendency to receive the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ in his coming. And so we understand that he came and he died, he resurrected, he, uh, he, he died on the cross, he shed his blood, and we, and we relish that and we should. But sometimes what we fail to realize is why. And the why is extremely important because we have an enemy of our soul who is deathly afraid of you by the name of Satan. Satan's afraid of you, the real you, the why you, to the point that he will allow you to praise, to worship, to declare the majesty, the glory of God, to, to just go crazy. Ah, oh, God is so good. As long as you don't become the why that he came. <laughs> and we have to understand there's a why that he came. In the truth of the gospel, the good news. However, the why demands our, response, our responsibility to make a choice to grow up and not grow old. To mature in understanding, mature in wisdom, but not in age. There's no such thing in the Bible as retire. 
It doesn't exist in Scripture. There's no such thing as balance in Scripture, though we all want it so badly. <laughs> the problem is that we don't find it. Because God wants you to expire being a son and a daughter of God. God wants to explode you onto the scene in such a way as for people to know that you showed up, you were around. When Jesus comes, you either love him or you hate him. But you can't say, he, I didn't know he was there. And the church is meant to be a replication of that Lord and that God. And so he came to reveal the kingdom coming. The thing about the Bible is that it is a prophetic word. Everybody here. Which means that while God is working with you in the now, he's always preparing you for what is to come. The issue is that as human beings, we have a tendency to be concerned about what he's doing now or what we need now and not concerned about the preparation of what is to come. And yet the word is supposed to make us leaps and bounds ahead of the world because we have a Lord who has seen all things and is telling us what's going to happen and preparing it for that thing where the world can't see it. Book of Proverbs says that a wise man sees the danger coming and hides himself. See, the world doesn't see the danger coming, but we are those who are supposed to see the danger coming. Now, we all know that we don't set dates and times as far as Jesus' return, and we understand that nobody knows the time, but the Bible says that we shouldn't be caught unaware. And so we spend time on the nobody knows the time, but we don't spend time in the, wait a minute, I shouldn't be unaware. So it is, it is easier to just say, well, nobody knows. But it's harder to say, I'm not supposed to be caught unaware. So therefore, I must get to know God in such a way that when he's about, the second before he comes, he tells me. That's Bible. Because he's going to lead us into all truth. Every single little bit of it. But it takes a responsibility to understand because he's reconciling the lost. We were once a people without God, right? We, are, we were shapeless. We were aimless. We were dead. But he came to reconcile, to put back into right place, right condition. To make us a son once again. Before Adam fell, there was a relationship that the son had with his creator. When Jesus came, Jesus showed us the relationship in right standing with the Father. This is what it looks like when you are exactly what you're supposed to be with God. He's not just an agent that brings us to heaven. He's an agent that brings heaven to earth through us now. But that's a relationship. It's a shift. It's a change. And we have to understand the fullness, the tail side of this gospel, of this good news. And we have to breathe that in just as much as we breathe in the head side that he came. That he is who he is, that he is powerful, that he is all love, that he is all great. All of that is true. That's heads. But the tales, who did he make of you? What does he want for you? Why was his reason for coming and reconciling you? Are you reconciled and what does that mean? What does it look like to be reconciled? Are you still lost? And so what happens, we end up having or becoming a, a, a reconciled people who still have a lost language and mindset. Everybody here. Because it is easier to put it all on Jesus, but never accept the responsibility of becoming like him. And so we end up living lives that are of the truth of the gospel and it's who he is but living lives that are a lie of the gospel of reconciliation because there is a man there's a woman that you are that looks exactly like Jesus in every sense of the word all right moving on 
I don't, I don't want to lose anybody. Moving right along. To redeem the whole creation. <laughs> to redeem the whole creation. Look, there isn't anything on this earth that does not belong to God. It's been purchased back. Which means that if somebody is on some piece of land, doesn't know Jesus, won't know Jesus, won't accept Jesus, they are a squatter on your land. Because the earth is, is his, right? The fullness thereof and all those who dwell therein. And you have allowed the world to take up your space. Take up your authority. Take up your, your power. And Christ is saying, no. Occupy till I come. Be multiplied till I come. Subdue the earth till I come. That was the original intent. And he, does not, he has not changed his mind. And so we have to renew our minds to agree with him and to be like him. That's why we admire those, even without God, that go out and do something. And we're like, oh, my God. I mean, we talk about Steve Jobs. We talk about Bezos. We talk about all these. that don't know Jesus. Why? Because they've accomplished great things and we're, and we're, and we're amazed by it. And God's saying, no, I, I wanted you to do that. I wanted you to do that. But we've been duped into thinking that having a lost mindset, having an abasement mindset is what God wants of us. Take a look. Keep on going. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, to redeem the, the entire creation, uh, he did not despise the cross. Cool. The way, the way, the way for us to have, to have that, he didn't despise having to go to the cross. Go ahead. Move on for him. For even in your suffering, you saw the whole other side. Other side? See, we think other side means, well, Jesus will become Lord. He's in heaven. That's the other side. No, the other side was all, the, all of the kings that he became kings of, which is, which is us. There's an other side to this. You saw the other side. You came back to purchase the right of men to be yours again, to be like you again, to walk in the cool of the day with you again. To, to, to describe and de decide the names of all the animals again. You saw the other side. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. It wasn't just that he was going to be, you know, he was Lord before he left heaven. He didn't need to come here to become Lord. He was already all, who he was in heaven before he came. So it wasn't the fact that he now dies and goes to heaven and now he's Lord. No, he was Already accomplished before that. No, it's what he was going to make of us that was the issue. It's, it's the opportunity that we, will, we would have once again to be this kind of man again on the earth. A species that has never been before. New creations in Christ. All things pass away. All things will become new. If we understand the Bible, we, understand, we have to understand there's an exchange that he made. It's an exchange. Life for life. Your lost, dead, sinful, corrupted, weak life for his life. Which means that now people should look at us and say, wow, these people must have been with Jesus. Because before they weren't like this. Now all of a sudden, oh my God, these people are like, who are they? Who are they? Oh, they, those are the Jesus people. And we've given that up. Because we think that the brokenness in which he found us is the same brokenness that we should be after he has indwelt us. Now, if I, if I take a vessel and I throw it on the ground and I break it, and then I come, pull all the pieces back together and I glue it all, I mean, so much so that all you see is the, 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 the little outskirts of, of, the, uh, of, of the glue and I put water in it and nothing seeps out. Is it still broken? No, it has scars of brokenness, just like Jesus has, still has scars. But it's now it's fit for the master's use. So when do we get fit for the master's use? And stop thinking about our brokenness. When will you not be broken? <laughs> 
God did not come fill you the vessel for the vessel to remain broken. He doesn't mean for the Holy Spirit to seep out. No, you receive him as a broken man. And you understand without him you are nothing, but you will never be without him ever again. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That ought to make you somebody. The gospel. <laughs> that is the totality of the gospel. It's not just that Jesus came and who he was. It's what he, the church, the called out ones, called out of the world, called out of weakness, called out of laziness, called out of whatever, into this kingdom that he's telling us about that's coming. Let's move on. Other side. Knowing this was our salvation. Jesus, for our sake, you died. Knowing this was our salvation. What does it mean to be saved? Is it, different from, is it any different from being in the world? I mean, when we, when, we, when we were found in the world, we were a certain kind of whatever. Are we still that same kind of whatever? Because he died for our salvation. Doesn't that mean that we're different? You died for our knowing this was our salvation. Knowing this, the fact that you died. So in order, understand, in order for you to honor God, you must understand salvation and your part in it. We end up crucifying the Lord again by not becoming what he made us to be. It is uh, the world looking at us not being saved that says Jesus Christ is, is, is not the one. He said, by this shall they know, by the love you have one for another, by the unity. By this shall they know, by who you've become. Until then, Jesus, just like any other false god that came, came around. Knowing this was our salvation. Everybody still here? This is a quiet in this church. <laughs> Y'all here. This is, this is, this is, this is life. All right, move on. And this, this is like, praise the Father, praise the Son. Yes, you do. We do. And we love that. That's not the issue. That's not the issue. We, we love that. But it's what worship is supposed to make of us. It's what prayer is supposed to make of us. That we don't give ourselves to because we have, we have to believe. And the Bible says... Know no man after the flesh. But that includes yourself. Because what keeps you from being the real you is you, knew, you know the old you. And you know how easily the old you can get out if you let him get out. So you start seeing yourself after the flesh and then you figure none of what God said could be true because you still have these tendencies. That's your flesh. That's not you. Because the spirit man, he's the father of the spirits. The spirit man is as pure and perfect as Jesus. And now we're given the responsibility of renewing our minds, which is what we're, see, we're supposed to be doing now. Start seeing it from his perspective and allowing and causing whatever we thought to be changed and transformed by what he said. Renewing the mind. To renew the mind means to make it what it used to be. Renew. So before the fall, there was a mind that Adam had. And he wants us to get back to, Acts, uh, to, rather to Genesis 1 and 2. Before the fall, there was a person that we were. There was a way that we thought. And the Holy Spirit is bringing back to Genesis 1 and 2. Renew your mind. See yourself again as a son, as a child of God, sinless, loved by God, called by God, anointed by God, living for God, and then act like yourself. Act like that's true. What would you do differently? How would you look differently if you believed you were Jesus walking the earth? Because that's how you're supposed to think. That you are a Christ-like one, Christian. Christ-like one walking the earth. When you go to the supermarket, Jesus just walked in the door. When you go to the gas station, you pump your gas, that's Jesus pumping gas into your car. So at that moment in time, there is a, um, an acceptance, there is a, 
uh, a mode of being that at any given point, anybody who's around you is going to be touched by the Christ through you. And you are forever willing for God to use you in that capacity everywhere, understanding there's a supernatural God inside of you who wants to be an answer to the world that is around you. The same way that he was through Jesus. I said this yesterday. What we see in Jesus is a man who was in a body that could have sinned, but restrained by the Holy Spirit not to sin. But while he walked the earth as a body who could sin, his mind never left heaven. So every time that he saw something that didn't look like heaven, he spoke the truth to it, and it transformed it into whatever it looks like. To this we are called. As I've been sent, so I send you. That is what salvation is all about. That's what reconciling the lost is all about. That's what being a son or daughter of God is all about. Being like your master as you see him walk the earth. But you got to believe that and act like it. Act like it. Act like it. Act like it. You know, we call it to film and television. We understand about acting like it. We understand having an alternate reality. When we talk about Thomas Hill, Thomas Hill is a guy that had an alternate reality. I don't care what he was going through. I don't care what's happening. But his relationship was so real that it overtook not having eyesight. And for me to fulfill that role, I had to negate the reality of what I saw and be blind even though I saw it. And we have to be blind to our flesh, to our past sins, to the world, to the chaos, to the lies, and be like Jesus and act like we don't see it and we're just moving forward. Spreading the, and advancing the kingdom of God. To this, we are called and we are well able, which is why we will have to give account because he did everything to make us able. Moving right along. Did I lose the words? In the morning that you rose... All heaven held his breath, like, wonderful, we love that. Move on, move on. Till that stone was moved for good, for the lamb had conquered death. We love that. Conquered death. Wait a minute now. He con- we say he conquered death, and he did, and we love that, we applaud that, that's all good. But the Bible said, the reason why that's important to us, because it's all of our lifetime, we were afraid of death. And we didn't go and... Go for it because we were afraid of loss and death. Does that still keep us from going for it, though? Everybody here? You know, we're not like the lost who are afraid of dying. We have a hope. We have an understanding. So there should be no fear of death, but also there should be no fear of, of living as if you're going to die when you live. There should be no fear of loss because there's no loss in God. That's what he did. He came, he came and said, okay, death and loss is what my people are afraid of. All right, cool. I'm going to come down here. I, Satan, take your best shot. Use all of what you've got. The very thing that everybody fears you for. Kill me. That's all you got? So everybody's supposed to be looking at that and say, We thought he, huh, even death can't conquer us. Huh, okay. So that means that now we don't have to be concerned about that. We can just go ahead and go do what God God, God told us to do. That's how, that is supposed to be the the results of that. But we just love the fact that he died. But the the other side, the, 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 the tail side is so that you could live. And you can be a duplicate of him. And that people can see you being Jesus and think you're crazy. Yeah, you know, like people looking at me now, right now. Who does he think he is? Jesus? Who do you think you are? <laughs> okay, I hope it works for you. You understand? You don't be afraid of being called names for believing the word of God, for acting like the word of God is true. If you're going to be called something, let it be because you look like, act like Jesus. If people are going to ridicule you, try to block you, talk against you, let it be because you resemble the Christ. 
He says, when you're accused falsely for my name's sake. <laughs> but let it be falsely. Everybody here. All right. Conquer death and grave. Go ahead. And the dead rose from the tombs, and the angels stood in awe. Now, see, the dead that were in the tombs had enough sense to get up out of them. The dead that are walking around are still laying back in their tombs. The reason why the dead came out of the tomb is to give you a picture of what life looks like for you now. You are no longer bound by death, bound by the tomb, bound by loss, bound by inferiority, bound by weak. You're no longer, let the weak say, I am strong. Right? This is what this is talking about. And the angel's like, Lord, what is going on? See, the angels are watching us to find out the wisdom of God. We're teaching angels. That's Bible. <laughs> angels are watching us to realize how wise God is. Next time I come, I'm going to go ahead and bring my own response box. Because, so <laughs> hey man, they quiet up in here. Uh. Yes, yes. Okay, all right, cool. All right. <laughs> You know, this is what he's talking about. Man, move on, move on. Stood in awe. For the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. For the souls who'd come. Everybody not coming. That's, respons that's personal respons responsibility. Everybody's not coming. Everybody that's hearing this word right now does not like the word that they're hearing. Not, the Bible says there are four kinds of ground in the church, and only one is good. So three out of four people, don't listen to them in the church. That's Jesus saying that. I'm, I'm repeating what Jesus said. Don't, don't stone Cameron. Stone him. No, please don't stone me. I'm repeating Jesus. Four kinds of ground, he says, in the church. Out of his kingdom, he's going to come and separate. Not the world. The world's already the world. Out of his kingdom, he's going to come and separate the wheat from the tear, sheep from the goat. Four kinds of ground. Only one is good. All you can decide to do is make sure that you are the good ground. Personal responsibility. Be on the other side of that tail side. We here? Right, let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me show you something. right. Uh, and I, and I, let me see if I can read that scripture real, real quick, too. Where is that, Lord? All right. Hold on a second, Light. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with, with, with uh, technology here for a second. Whew, you know, me and technology. All right. Um, everybody, I, I said that and everybody clapped. In, the, uh, in, in, in the, the story of Laban and um, um, Jacob, we find out that some, God gives us a principle. And the principle is that the people become what they see. The people become sheep, right? The sheep and the goats and the changing of spots and, and, and spotted and all that. The people become, what you see is what you become. And so it's what you, also, what you see of God, what you see of yourself, what you see in front of you, those who have gone before. He said, follow their faith, considering the end of their conversation, right? And so what you see in front of you is what you become constantly. But most of the time, we are following a religious church and not Jesus of the church. So when I said something, everybody clapped. But while I was standing there, it's, it's, I love watching God move because everything will preach. So what happened is that Lauren, is Lauren, there was, Lauren we're, we're singing, right? And then Lauren, all of a sudden, Lauren goes, and everybody went. I said, isn't that funny? And then Lauren stopped, and everybody stopped. And then we kept on singing. And all of a sudden, Lauren went. Everybody went. And what's your, my brother's name? Playing the guitar? James. James went. And it got louder. I said, isn't that something? The people, you know, become what they see. So maybe you're just, just not watching 
or maybe just like what happens there, after you do this for a while, you're not really following, you're just mimicking in the sense of just you're around and then later on because the clap is not in you. So it got quiet again. Because <laughs> the clap is supposed to be in you. And so what happens is that you have to see the clap long enough, practice the clap long enough for the clap to get in you. But we get, we get fixated in, in, in accepting of people clapping for us while we just watch. And not become. And we call it the gospel. But the Lord knows those who are his. Because you can't not clap. You, you, you cannot think that you're not going to clap here and you're, you're going to go out there and clap where it's hard. Yeah, hey, buddy. We got quiet again. Let me move on. All right. Restored. Restored. Which means that there was, before I formed you in the, in the womb, I knew you. There was a you that God knew before lost, before, before the fall of man. There, but you got been, you've been restored. We have been restored. What does restored look like? Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing left undone. I mean, you are just as holy, just as perfect as you were before you left him, uh, before in the womb. You've been restored. Because he's the father of spirits, not the father of flesh. You've been restored. There is nothing about you if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. If you are obedient to the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's nothing inside of you that's different than what is in Jesus. You have been restored to full sonship on the inside. Now you have a responsibility of to renew your mind to the sonship that you are on the inside so that the, 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 the risen son on the inside, the spirit, and the totally adherent and now uh, 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 renewed mind and soul can agree together and live a life even within that sinful flesh that had sinned but now doesn't have to sin again. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yes, yes, yeah. Thank you for that remark. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> we, we, uh, this morning, again, James. James uh, re read a scripture, and he's, and, and he's reading in 1 John, and he says that, I write this to you so that if you sin, if you sin, I'm not right, no, I write this to you so that you don't sin. But if you do, you mean to tell me, Lord, that you think that I can actually walk this thing without sin at all? Yes. Or else we need to change the Bible. Because first, first and second Peter, again, it says if you add to your faith this and this and this and that, you will never stumble. You mean I don't ever have to stumble? No, you don't. According to the Bible, that's the other side of the gospel. But we walk around in errant religious thought that we sin every day, and we have to sin every day. Everybody sins every day, don't they? No, they don't. And as a matter of fact, we are told if you're going to be up here, you can't have the sin that the people have in them. <laughs> So if I can stop what the people have in them, actually I can stop it all. Is everybody still here? <laughs> this is the gospel. Now, let me, let me, let me read this. And I, I think, oh, Lord, have mercy. Me and time. Hold on a second. Let me read this and, I, and, I, and I'll be done with this. Hold on a second. Am I in the right place? Come on, man. Jacob and what? Jacob and Laban. No, no, no. Hold on a second. <laughs> He's a Jacob and Laban. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit of scripture here for a second, so stay with me. All right, so this is Mark one. Mark one. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the, uh, in the prophets. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will pre prepare your way before you. Again, this is a prophetic word. God is always preparing us, okay? Prepare the word before you. Uh, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a, a, a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. 
Then all the land of Judea came, uh, and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were baptized him by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed in camel's hair and with leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to, 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 uh, to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, again, John is showing us the difference between the time and the ministry. All right? Um, he, with the Holy Spirit. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came to Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting in spir- uh, 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 and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and a lot of this I'm not going to preach on, but there's a lot to say. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by, the, by Satan, and was in the wild beast, and the angel ministered to him. Now, after John was put in uh, prison, Jesus came to Galilee, um, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, which is what we, heard, we saw here. All right, preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. The good, there's a kingdom that God has, and it's coming, and it's good, it's good news. It's not, I'm going to die for you and you're going to stay as you are news. It's not, I'm going to die for you and you're going to have no provision news. It's not, I'm going to die for you and you're going to stay in your sin news. That's not good news. It's not, I'm going to die and you're going to remain like the world news. It's not, I'm going to die for you and you're going to have no power news. All that is bad news. I need me another, another savior. Everybody here. All right. Gospel of the kingdom at, is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. <laughs> you know, the first thing he, did, he said was not forgive. He said the first thing he said was repent. Change your mind and believe the gospel, the good news. You're going to have to stop thinking like you used to think, believing what you used to believe, being an errant perspective of crazed out, messed up religious thought. And let God shift you into sonship and then act like it. Don't let anybody stop you from acting like it. All right, I'm not finished yet. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew and the brother casting the net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further from there, he saw um, James and son of Zebedee and John his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. Leave your stuff behind. Go after him. <laughs> right? Uh, then they, they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught, and they were, listen, because this is what's getting us. Listen to what, what happened here. This is what I want to get to, because this is what's, what's hurting the church. Because it's not the world. It's the errant church. It's not the world. It's religion within the church. It's the world within the church. Watch what's about to be said here. He said, um, then went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath day, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Which means that before he showed up, all the teachers were mamby-pambies. That had given up life to the world, working for Caesar, talking about lies and talking about inabilities and impossibilities. When God said to me, I only dwell in the impossibilities of men. It's not until you're going for the impossible that I show up. And so all the religious leaders, and the Bible says when you will know that you've lost your way, when, you're, when your leaders have become women, it's not just women physically, it's men that become women. 
You'll know that you ain't going nowhere when, when they're afraid of your faces. The last thing you want is a man of God that will do what you want. I'm talking about your body you, the flesh you. Last thing you want, okay? I'm just letting you know. Anyway, so he said, he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Um, I'm, uh, let me take two more minutes. It's cool, okay. Uh, now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come before the time to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, Be quiet and come out of him. And then the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice. He came out of them. He came out of him. Then they were amazed again. They were amazed at the doctrine, at the teaching, and they were amazed at the result. He said, and then they were amazed again, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. See, we want the fame of the church to travel, to just cover the earth. But look what made that happen. <laughs> right? Back with Janice and Jambres, they, they copied everything that, that, that Moses did, but then they got to a point where they couldn't do it anymore, and they said, that's the finger of God right there. So there's a point in place and time. There's what's coming. We cannot go after the world or go uh, uh, fight the world the, the way that the world fights us. But we have a supernatural God that stands in front of us to answer the world that we need a relationship with. And you won't do that being mamby-pamby. You won't have that result being afraid of your own shadow. You won't have that result playing church. He taught them as one who has authority and not as a scribe. So if you have a scribe telling you that you can't be like Jesus, run! Because that's Satan talking. Because Satan spouts scripture too. If you have, you have, you have, that won't let you believe the power of God. It won't let you believe that God, what God, what Jesus did stuck and it worked. And I am even as he is. If you want, if you don't have that, find yourself a man and a woman of God who believes God. And who's having, having the results of God. You know, we, we were talking yesterday about how, you know, the miraculous things that happened in, in, in our lives. You know, uh, uh, you know, my wife and I were driving down the street. And, I, you know, sometimes I, I say to her, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. But we're, it's, it's raining. It's, it's going crazy. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we can't see in front of us. And we're, everybody's just kind of peering through the windows. And all of a sudden, we're, uh, we're in the lane. And then there's a car that wants to get in front of us on the other side. I guess they're going to, uh, they're going to the exit. They want to get. And they didn't wait long enough to get in front of us. So they came through us. But instead of the car hitting our car, I don't know what God did. Don't care what God did. But, but we saw the back end of that car go through our car and end up on the other side. And we looked at each other like, did you see that? <laughs> We've seen people come to the congregation. Possessed by some whatever demon, and, 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 and see God cast them out. And they fall down like dead and get back up and serve God. And some of them don't serve God and go back and become five times at worse. But we've seen God move. Blind eyes open. People get out of wheelchairs. This is to this we're called. This is normal to God. That's just his opinion on the matter. And to this we're called. Let's have the worship team come on, come on back up. Oh, you were listening to me. No. 
Because maybe you've never given yourself to this Lord, to this kind of God. Maybe that you didn't know that there was this kind of God to give yourself to. Maybe that you're, you know, first-time visitor here and you haven't been hearing the word here. Maybe, I don't know. But if you want to know that Jesus, raise your hand. We'll pray for you. And your life will never be the same. Raise your hand and we'll pray for you. And the Holy Spirit will fill you to overflowing and you will never be the same. You can't move and walk in authority the way that God intended for you to. You can't be the man, the woman of God that God saw. He saw the other side. And it was you being you. You can't have the results, right? John the Baptist said, are you the one or are we to look for another? He said, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind see. The, the lame walk. The, the, the poor have the gospel preached to them, right? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. To this we are called to be just like him. If you've never received that Jesus, that Holy Spirit, raise your hand. We'll pray with you. If you want to commit to that Jesus, maybe you are born again, but you haven't lived that kind of life. You haven't seen it that kind of way and want to. Come and we'll pray for you and we'll, we, we will uh, add our faith to your faith and watch God transform your life. I went to a church one time and, you know, they brought up this young lady and she sang and um, uh, totally blind and she sang, beautiful voice, beautiful, beautiful voice. And the Lord said to me, Kami, uh, he, he, called, he called me Kami. The Lord, <laughs> he pronounces it right now. Uh, the Lord said to me, Kami, do you, do, you, do you realize that people don't come to get healed no more? People don't come to get saved no more. People don't come to get this no more. People don't come to get sh no more. Because we've missed the point of the other side. And all blind eyes must open. The deaf must hear. The lame must walk. The sick must be made well. The dead must be raised. All deaths must be canceled. Because he came and he died and he resurrected for that. That's our inheritance. Amen. Amen. Come on up, sir. Thank you.